Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly sponsored by the legends at Hunter Valley Promotions on the web at hunterpromo.com.au. They design, manufacture and ship every type of sport uniform you can think of and then some. Shirts, singlets, shorts for your on-field team or for your business. They pride themselves on the best quality, service and price Australia-wide. I'm not going to BS you. I'll tell you exactly how it is. They are the best. They offer speedy, free designs, no hidden extras and delivered right to your front door. Contact my man, Carpy, at hunterpromo.com.au. Tell him we sent you for an unfiltered deal. That's hunterpromo.com.au. Hello, legends. Hope you're well. Welcome to the podcast that talks to the players, not about them. If you want opinions, go chat with your next-door neighbour and get his thoughts. If you want the real deal from the superstars themselves... This is for you. 13 interviews on this episode alone. 13, including two immortals, if you don't mind. There's some in-depth footy talk, some shit talk too. Plenty of laughs. Toby Rudolph and Zach Lomax in particular this episode. All-time chats. Uh, Got a question for you. Is there such a thing as a quiet week in rugby league? Nope is the answer, and that's why we love it. You've been warned. So many wonderful footballing families and it starts at the local oval with the juniors, with the kids playing on the field, mum, dad, grandma, whoever helping around the canteen or marking the lines on the field. It's one of the great things about our great game. The Cartwright name is absolute royalty in rugby league, especially in the Penrith area. The Patriarch was Merv, basically founder of the club and the reason the Penrith Panthers entered the competition. Since then, Merv's boys have played for the club, so to his grandkids. One of them has joined us in Bryce. Pretty cool being part of something and with someone that was so influential in a major rugby league moment like Merv, mate. Yeah, definitely. And it's something I probably didn't take too much notice of when I was younger. I didn't really understand it, um, you know, what he did or what it meant to the community or the area. But as I've grown older and as I've moved around and see how clubs work and all the hard work that gets put in behind the scenes, it's probably made me understand how much he did and you know what it meant to not only my family, um, just the community in the area and to see how well they're going now, it's 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 pretty special and to know that he sort of started everything there and um, it's built on the back of his hard work and foundation and to see them performing, you know, they're one of the powerhouse clubs now, it's... Yeah. Um, you know, something pretty remarkable. What are your first memories of Penrith Park? Um, probably yeah, sliding down the hill on the cardboard yeah. at the back. Didn't didn't really watch much of the game, but um, I remember um, being I was a, I was a Roosters fan growing up. Obviously, um, wow. Yeah, John John was um, assistant coach at the Roosters, and yes. I always I, I loved watching Brad Pitt the play. And yeah. um, I remember going to one game there at Penrith Stadium. The Roosters played Penrith, and um, they it was when they had uh where they used to run out of the tunnel. There used to be the caves there on the sides. Yeah, and um, yeah, I thought that was you know really cool. And um, got to go in the sheds after the game, and you know I met Artie Beetson. I uh, got a photo with him. Um, met Craig Wing, Luke Rickardson, um, Freddie. Got all photos with them when I was such a young kid, and um, that that's probably my first sort of real memories, and um, probably something that yeah I look back on now thinking it's pretty cool still. What's it like playing against Penrith? Even nowadays, is it, I'm not going to say special, but is it a different feeling? Yeah, it's a different feeling. Sometimes it feels like I was never there. Yep. Um, it's just it's just changed so much now. But 
um, after the game, you know, sort of just looking around, it, it, it does bring back some nice memories. And yep. um, I'm proud I got a chance to play with them. And yeah, I'm glad I got the chance to, you know, debut for the club. And I, I still got some really special memories there. And uh, like I said before, it, it does feel like sometimes I, I didn't even play there. But, um, you know, if I have a, you know, look around or have a real hard think about it, um, yeah, I'll always remember those moments and keep them close to my heart. Oh, mate, that is an awesome insight, Bryce. Chat again soon, legend. Thanks, mate. Cowboy number 270 has dropped on in. Shane Wright, welcome to the podcast, legend. I love your story because... For a while there, you fought against the odds for a few years. You had a few setbacks. Does it make the fact you're now a first grader more rewarding? Yeah, definitely. I think having setbacks along the way uh, builds your character a bit and sort of, I don't know, it sort of gives you a advantage to training hard week in, week out. Yeah, um, yeah as bad as injuries and all that are, um, yeah, it builds character and sets you up in the long run, I think. Let's go back to the early years of learning as a professional. You spent a couple of seasons in the Titan system as an NYC player. Love the NYC, pissed that it's gone. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, unreal. They, they were some of my most enjoyable uh, playing days in footy so far. Um, I, was, I was only on the Gold Coast for five years, but yeah, three of those years I spent with the Gold Coast in the NYC program there. And um, no, like I said, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I still got a lot of mates um, who I played with and, um, I don't know, hopefully one day I can go back and maybe go play on the Gold Coast again as well. 2017, when the opportunity actually becomes a nightmare, two freakish broken jaws. I'm going to say in the one season playing Q Cup, was it the one season and what do you remember of it? Yeah, it was the same season. So the first one um, was an NRL trial against the Roosters in Mackay. Um uh, just off a kickoff, big Lindsay Collins run back, and I think I just copped his shoulder straight into a jaw. And yeah, that one was pretty bad. Like I knew, I, I thought I just got all my teeth knocked out. To be <laughs> honest, I was, I was freaking out about that. Um, but I don't know. Surgery, obviously, I had to go back to Townsville. I think it was a six-week uh, uh, turnaround, so I did that. And um, yeah, I went back and started playing cup. Never played Q Cup before, so. Um, went back to Q Cup. I think I managed to get another six or seven games together. And then uh, I remember just passing the ball in Q Cup one game and uh, I got hit sort of late in my jaw, but it didn't look bad or anything. Yeah. And then it was funny because the, the doctor actually in um, Mackay checked me at half time. He's like, checked it and he said it was sweet. So I just thought I was carrying on a bit. <laughs> um and then I ended up finishing the game and all that. Oh. Come back to Townsville, actually. My manager was in town in Townsville that weekend and actually went to dinner with him and ripped into a burger. Went back to training through the week and had to go get an x-ray. And then, yeah, the physio just pulled me out mid-session and said, mate, you need to stop. You've, you've, broken, you've broken your other side of your jaw. You need to go, go see the doctor. How was the confidence, mate, after not one but two uh, with collision and contact, I guess at training early on, did it take a while to get that confidence back? After the first one was definitely the hardest. I, um, I was a bit hesitant at the start, but the first time I come back was against PNG in the Q Cup, so it was always going to get tested there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my confidence was a bit low there, but once 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 you get through a few big hits, you you're sort of alright, and then. The second one, actually, I don't know, I didn't feel too bad about the second one because I've I'd done it before. So mm. um, I knew what to expect. And the same thing, I returned against um, PNG again that year over there this time. So it was like, oh, here we go. But yeah. you know, the second time was, yeah, the second time was just straight back into it. I just want to get back playing footy, really. The reward for working your ass off and showing resilience and discipline was a first grade debut late in that year. What do you remember of debut day, mate? Actual playing, it's very foggy from the start. But no, to, to be I – got, I got told a bit late. Like I got told I was a chance early in the week and then I didn't get told till about Thursday Arvo because I remember ringing our assistant, Josh Hanna, and I said, what's the go? Am I going back to Mackay? He's like, oh, mate, oh, you haven't been told yet. Hold up and then end up getting told that I was playing. Wow. 
So, yeah, so after that, I was just, I don't know, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I was, I was pumped, um, nervous, started getting nervous then. Um, but just rang my brother and my mum, just said, look, I'm playing. Like, I want you to come up. I rang mum and she's just gone. She's just like, all right, well, good luck, rip in. And I was like, what are you doing this weekend? You're yeah. going to come up? She's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, well, the club will pay for it all. And she's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, no, nah, to have um, my brother and my mum up for the weekend was handy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Game day, I was, uh, I don't know, I was pretty nervous. I don't know. A few of the older boys were, were good. Obviously, uh, I think we played, you know, we played Cronulla. Yep. And they were the well, they were the reigning premiers at that stage too, so that was a bit daunting. But I don't know. Once once you got out there, once I got out there, it was I don't know. It was the first before the first half. It was very foggy. I was just running around like a headless chook, and then um, started on the bench for the second half. But then went back on pretty quick, and then I don't know. Once once I got into the game a bit, I was actually pretty relaxed by the end of it. Great story, mate. Glad you could share it with us. Chat again soon, big guy. This is serious shit we just need to know. Okay, delivering for us on serious shit we need to know this week, the great Toby Rudolph. Mate, I'm going to ask you a question, give you two options. You choose what works best. It's simple, but it's got absolutely nothing to do with footy. So we'll start with Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Beer or wine? Red wine. Summer or winter? Summer. Boxing or MMA? MMA. Good looks or personality? For me or for woman? For you. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm shallow. I'm going good looks. Yeah, me too. New yeah. phone or new clothes? Uh, new clothes. PlayStation or Xbox? Neither. Nintendo Switch. Ford or Holden? Uh, oh, Holden, I guess. Hamburger or chicken schnitty burger? Oh, uh, Oh God, that, that, it depends where it's from, but I'll go hamburger. Okay. Bordies or budgies? Budgies. Kissing, eyes open or shut? Bit of both. Beach or bush? Beach. Nude or pyjamas? Nude. Driver or passenger? Passenger. Public bar at the local or trendy nightclub? Trendy nightclub. Now, finally, the great debate and the one that will forever define you, toilet paper, folder or scruncher? Folder all day, used to scrunch, realised it was awful 10 years ago. Yeah, man, you're with me, I'm with you. Thanks for being a good sport. Chat again soon, big nuts. No worries. Cheers, Andy. Really appreciate it, mate. Saturday, May 7, 2016, the Junior Kangaroos played the Junior Kiwis in a curtain raiser to the Pacific Test doubleheader. Get a load of this lineup for the Roos. Fullback Dylan Edwards, Curtis Scott, Robert Jennings, Tyrell Fuimono, and John Olive. Nathan Cleary was the six, Lachlan Croak of the seven. The forwards were Tavita Pangai Jr., Jaden Nikarima, JJ Felice, Cohen Hess, Jaden Sewer. Tyrone May was the lock. The bench was Junior Totola, Jacob Host, Connor Watson, and our guest Alex Twal. Mate, that is a stacked footy side. Yeah, mate, it was a stack footy side. A lot of them players have, you know, been uh, able to you know, kick on in the NRL yeah. and make, you know, wonderful careers. You know, obviously, you know, your Nathan Clearys and blokes like that who were, you know, the elite of our game at the moment. So, yeah, it was obviously, you know, looking back on it, it was a pleasure to play with them guys. Who was the elite? Who were the guns back then? I mean, we're only going back five or six years, but out of that crew, who 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 was the best in the side? To be fair, yeah, it was a really good team. Um, they were all sort of probably the stars of you know, the competition at yep. the time. So it's a bit hard to, you know, pick them. But, you know, obviously, you know, the one that stuck out for me was, you know, Nathan Cleary. Obviously, yep. he's such an elite player now and, and probably the top th- in the top three best players in the competition at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit hard to, you know, pinpoint one yeah. person. But, yeah, it was just a stacked team and they're all doing so well for themselves now, which is really good to see. Really impressive thing about Nathan is, I mean, and, most people are, are, have seen him in first grade over the last couple of years. But even as a junior, yeah, he had the talent and the skill and the footy mind, but he was also, as a kid, very, very calm and very calculated. And, and that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, I was fortunate enough to be coached by his, uh, his father, Ivan Cleary, and he yep. was an awesome coach and someone I learned a lot of. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, he was really good at was, you know, staying calm. 
Mm. And, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of a great tra- trait to have, yeah. That was only five seasons ago, but, wow, hasn't the game changed since then? More importantly, how it's played. What's changed over the last couple of years and with the rule changes for a front rower? Is it different to what it was? Yeah, look, I think, you know, you definitely do have to be fitter, mm. you know, because you're only a few sets away from, you know, you know, you know, six agains these days and the influence they have on, on the game, you know, instead of making four tackles, you're making 12 tackles in yeah. a row. So, you know, you've definitely got to be fitter. And um, I think the other thing also is, you know, momentum. Momentum swings in games are very important. So, you know, having your team being able to capture that momentum and run with it, you know, that's you've seen that in the opening part of this year where the teams that, you know, hold on to the momentum are the ones that end up, you know, winning the game. So there's a few different changes, you know. It's just about being able to, you know, adjust and, it's amazing, mate, when you, uh, you you look at a game and you're, you're studying a game and you see those momentum shifts and that, as you said, the four tackles becomes 12, becomes 16 tackles. Defensively, you got your ass hanging out just thinking, when is this going to end? Yeah, 100%, you know, and at the end of the day, I feel like it does sort of suit my game yeah. more because, I, you know, I sort of pride myself on being a bit fitter and... Um, but, you know, I think the way clubs have adjusted this year has been awesome. You know, you, you're seeing, you know, some big blokes punching out some big minutes. You know, I think the way that clubs have adjusted, you know, you've got to take your hat off to them. Back to that junior ruse side, mate. Uh, Justin Holbrook was the coach. Uh, how'd you find Just? Yeah, Justin was awesome. Uh, you know, I learned a lot of him. You know, as I said before, you know, he was, he's a quite calm coach and, you yep. know, very very knowledgeable as well, you know. He obviously had a great NRL career and, you know, obviously went over there in the Super League and coached over there as well. And, you know, he's done a he's done an awesome job over there and come to the Gold Coast Titans now and done an awesome job. So, you know, I can't speak highly enough of him and, you know, the influence he had on me in them years, in them 20s years. You know, he was also my 20s coach in my first year and, you know, I learned a lot of him. That was the 2016 Junior Kangaroos who played the Junior Kiwis, a cracking footy side, all still playing good footy as well. This episode is proudly sponsored by the legends at Hunter Valley Promotions on the web at hunterpromo.com.au. They design, manufacture and ship every type of sport uniform you can think of and then some. Shirts, singlets, shorts for your on-field team or for your business. They pride themselves on the best quality, service and price Australia-wide. I'm not going to BS you. I'll tell you exactly how it is. They are the best. They offer speedy, free designs, no hidden extras and delivered right to your front door. Contact my man, Carpy, at hunterpromo.com.au. Tell him we sent you for an unfiltered deal. That's hunterpromo.com.au. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. And we start with the king, Wally Lewis. Captain Jay Swan asks... Pretty simple one to start. Why did you switch to rugby league and have you ever regretted leaving rugby union? No, well, I basically started off in rugby league. I was born into a footy family. My dad, Jim, uh, played for uh, uh, for West in Brisbane and um, then later Souths. Um, had an opportunity. Um, my mum uh, had a number of brothers that were playing for the Souths yeah. Club in, uh, in Brisbane. Um, I grew up uh, in a rugby league family. My dad was later a first grade coach. Did Jim um, coach Wynnum Manley? Yeah, he coached yeah. Wynnum Manley first grade. Um, so it was quite natural uh, that I was uh, going to be playing rugby league. That was first game uh, for Cannon Hill Stars, as they were called, and we played against uh, Valley United Stars. Um, and uh, it was uh, the introduction to a, a game I loved instantly. I had the uh, chance to uh, to continue on with that Um Managed to get in a Queensland primary schools team, which was the uh, the six stone weight division. Six stoners. Yes, and uh, we we chalked up a, a series win over New South Wales at uh, Cronulla's home field in Game Three, where we wow. won it. Um, so it was uh, an opportunity. I went to high school at uh, Brisbane State High, 
and that was rugby union. Okay. Um, I didn't know anything about rugby union. I had to learn how to play the game. After two years, I uh, said, that's it. I can't stand this game anymore. I'm out. And then the principal came to me and said, um, you weren't invited to this school on your scholastic ability. <laughs> it was your sports ability that got you here, believe me. Yeah. And my marks every exam uh, added plenty of weight to that, uh, that argument. Uh, so I went back to playing uh, rugby. Um, had a great coach, Jim Lucy, who was a, a former Queensland representative, yep. a wonderful guy, uh, who gave some pretty good advice to me, and that was uh, grow up a little bit, become uh, a little bit more serious with your footy. Um, and uh, then I went on to uh, to play in a couple of Queensland teams for uh, for a few years. Yeah. Um, the last one in 1977 um, went past the uh, the, the uh, we we tied the. Um, uh, the premiership at Brisbane yep. State High against uh, Gregory Terrace. Went on, uh, played for Queensland. We got knocked out um, by uh, New South Wales 2. Uh, sorry, New South Wales 1 uh, beat us. And the final was between New South Wales 1 and New South Wales 2. Um, that was my first opportunity to see the Yellow Brothers play. Two of them were playing for New South Wales 2, uh, which was uh, Mark and Glenn. And Gary, the younger brother, was playing for New South Wales 1. Um, I then got picked in a uh, in a team, um, which I still regard as the moment that uh, that made my uh, made my career. Um, it was the, Austra- it was the Australian schoolboys school team. Um, we went to Japan, France, England, Ireland, uh, Wales, uh, Scotland, and Holland. Three and a half months. Seventeen um, year old boys. For wow. most of them, we were learning what it was like. Yeah. Um, we had two rules um, on tour, and uh, everybody said, oh, yeah, what were they about, your behaviour? And I said, uh, well, the first one was, um, yes, don't uh, insult um, the Australian uh, Rugby Union or anybody in Australia by your behaviour. Yeah. The second rule, he said, which is just as important, is don't kick the ball. If you kick the ball, you won't play the next two games. Um, We actually played um, on tour, I think it was something like 21 games. We kicked the ball 19 times. We played more games than times we kicked the ball on the whole tour. Admittedly, there were some games where we won by 60 or 70 points. The only time we kicked it uh, during the game was when we kicked off at the start of the game um, and kicking for goal. Um, Didn't need to. And it had uh, some of the, the... world's uh, greatest attacking players yep. of the future. The Yellow Brothers were, uh, were the backbone of that side, um, along with the coach, Jeff Mould. It was uh, it was something where, um, quite honestly, we learned just as much about life as we did about football, and uh, it was a growing up parade for uh, for a group of fine young men who still hang around together. Yeah. Um, we get together um, virtually every year now. Um, a couple of sadly passed away, so uh, we have the the chance to be able to talk. Uh, and believe me, the the stories are getting longer and bigger every time we meet. What about this little fella, the Warriors Ash Taylor? <laughs> Lastly, this one's from Grady in Queenstown, and he asks, "Do you like cold winters?" Yeah, I do. I I I prefer the cold than the hot. So, um, no, up here in Redcliffe, it's always seems to be hot. There's never yeah. seemed to be a rainy day or something. So. Um, yeah, I think I think I could to adjust to a cold winter. Um, just be getting getting used to it. I think that'll be the the first thing. It'll be pretty special when finally, wherever that may be, the club gets to go home and play at home. That first game back after so long away is going to be something special. Yeah, I can you know I can tell with the boys at training. Um, you know they're really looking forward to going home to play in front of their family and fans over there. It's been such a long time, but. Yeah. I can see that only been here for a few months that, you know, the boys are really looking forward to, you know, they talk about it daily, you know, playing in front of a mouse pack, mouse fire stadium and, yeah. you know, to be able to get back to the fans and, you know, be, be back with their, with, um, you know, with their family as well. So um, it'll just be awesome to see and, um, you know, hopefully I can be a part of it, you know, to witness it firsthand. It's always a pleasure. One of the real good fellas in footy, Ash Taylor. I wish you nothing but success and look forward to chatting throughout the season. Sweet. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, swish S. W-Y-S-H. 
Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. And we're now also on TikTok, bloody TikTok. Hashtag no dancing, not ever. Well, maybe after a belly full, but that's when it gets really good. Find us on TikTok at Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Our guest plays his 150th NRL game in just a couple of weeks. One question for you, Joseph Tarpany. Where the hell has that gone? It has happened so quickly, mate. I always say um, when we're in the locker rooms, all the young boys, they always, you know, they always think I'm like 23 because I, I must look younger, but I'm 27. I've been around for nine years or something yeah. like that. And it feels like yesterday I debuted and now I'm, I'm one of the old fellas nearly. Amazing. You had two years at Newcastle. You actually debuted Sunday, May 11, 2014. That was... Uh, Wow, eight years ago next week. What do you remember of debut day? I remember it was a week after my birthday, actually, and um, the club flew my mum over. So I had my mum, um, brother, sister, and that watching the game. So I was very nervous, and I think it was against Penrith, and I remember uh, lining up. It was, I think it was, uh, I was playing through the middle, and they had not big Nigel Plum, and um, yeah. it was Adam... Adam Docker or something? Adam, Do- guys Adam could Docker, hit. yeah. And I was a bit nervous because I've seen them and that then two could put a shot on. So, um, But I went, got through the game all right, I guess. And um, But that, that made me nervous then too. You're in a system at that time with some tough old dudes, guys like uh, Cade Snowden, Bo Scott and guys like that, good players, good trainers. Isn't it good for a young forward coming through to have guys like that to see how they approach their footy where you can just look at them at training and learn without actually having a conversation? 100%. I had um, Jeremy Smith as well. Um, he was out of a Melbourne system, so I got that um, that old ball, young ball thing, you know, where they they really give it to you. And yeah. um, I don't think they have that much that of that this like this day and age nah, where they put you through, you carry the bags and all of that. Um, yep. But I think that was a good thing for me. Um, let me know where I was on the table and and that I had to work a bit harder to get where they were. Congrats on 150, mate. Great milestone. Well played. Thanks, brother. Love me some Raiders. Got a few of their best on the Legends series too. Let's go back to episodes 42, 43 and 44. A massive three-part interview with the immortal Mal Meninga. The magical run of that Queensland side from 06 onwards. Do you realise at the time what you're doing and how special it is? Or don't you think like that at the time? Um, no, it is a special time. You get picked for Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> it's a special time in, in your life. Um, you know, and particularly getting debuts and things like that. Um, and just... To, you're not playing. It's, it's a different. It's a different way of thinking. You know, I mean, obviously with club club land, you you, you, know, you put your colours on and you're playing for your supporters, but you're playing for your state. Yeah. Now you're playing for your state here, and that that is that is really important part of of the psyche going into it all. Um, you don't want to let your your colours down. You don't want to let the maroon colours down. Um, that's really important part of the psyche to it all. Um, it's. Yeah, it's 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 very emotional. It's a, you, you've got to attach yourself emotionally to it all. And which you, I know you got to do that with everything you do, but yep. you know, but it's it's who you are. It's, it's in your DNA. It's, it's how you grow up. You know, this yep. is this is this is different. You know, so I went and played for the Raiders, but I didn't grow up a Raiders supporter. Yeah. You know, um, but I was born in Queensland. But I grew up being a Queensland supporter. You know, yep. it's it's in your DNA. It's it's you know, you actually from a supporter's point of view. You know, you actually do hate the Blues. Yes. <laughs> Not so much the players, but, you know, you do hate you do. From a supporter, it's it's bragging rights for 12 months. Yeah. That's what it is, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's a – and, you, and you, the, the greatest satisfaction you get is to see the players win, obviously. But even more so because the group grew together. Yeah. 
you know, so the, yeah, a lot of lot of players from different clubs, but the group grew together. And today, they're all mates, you know. So they're all mates, and some of them they still they, they still get together and they have holidays together as families, you know. They all you know, uh, which is which is fantastic. And that's that's the thing that I loved about it. We grew from a bunch of bunch of blokes, yep. you know. All of a sudden, all their wives and girlfriends started to be part of it. It's like building this family, and all of a sudden, these all these kids started to, to appear. Um, you know, so the time at the, end of, at the end of ten years, you know, I mean, here this we got this we got eighty people, near hundred people. You know, this is the group, this is the family, this is the community we've we've we managed to develop in that time. That's what gives me great satisfaction. It is an enormous interview, just like the man himself. Um, the best interview I've heard with him. It's certainly worth checking out. On our Raiders theme, here's the best, the best I've ever seen. He shades, in my opinion, Brett Kenny for the best player. This is Laurie Daly, episodes 54 and 55. Well, fast forward to 1994, you'd win another premiership. It was your third. You remember this? Ferner it is now. Gets the pass away. It's a Daly that capitalises. Runs through the gap. Over the 30. Support is coming. Daly, he won't need it. Yeah, I can remember it. Um, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Um, uh, Fernsey sort of running to the line and then popping it back and um, just seeing some space and, and going for it. And I remember when I got into the clear, I thought, because I always had hamstring troubles and I never ever actually felt confident after I had those hamstrings to actually go flat out. Even though I might have looked like I was going, I always reckon I held something in reserve and um, my hemi, my left hemi was the one that I had a lot of issues with and I remember when I was running and I thought, I'm going to step him here, I'm going to step him back on the inside and then I thought, oh no, I won't. Something just took over me and I just sort of tried to run around him and, and get to the corner um, but I remember Scotty Wilson coming across and, and trying to tackle me and then sort of bouncing over and, and scoring but uh, it's always special if you score a try in a big game. Um, and, you know, when you score from, you know, 50 metres, it's, 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 it's great as well. But at the end of the day, you know, I think anyone would tell you, no matter what you do in a game, um, in, as an individual, it's, it's, it's the result is all about, is what you care about, sorry. Mm. And if you don't get the win, it doesn't matter whether you score three tries. It doesn't matter whether you've come up with 70 tackles. Um, you're, you're gutted. You're disappointed. You know, you can get man of the match in a losing side, uh, but it just doesn't feel great. Um, you want to share that success with everyone. Yep. Um, and, and that's how I felt. It, it's like, you know, that 89 grand final. I didn't have my best game in 89, but it's probably the greatest moment I've ever had as a club in, in a club team. Our first grand final, it was just, I don't think I could ever replicate the euphoria that I had after that game. All our grand final wins were different. 990 was a relief. Uh, 89 was just pure, exhilarated, just how great is this? This is the best thing since sliced bread. And even 94 was was different as well. It just felt like, you know, it felt like we, we, we would have had a, Bad year if we didn't win. That's what it felt like, 94. So it was more relief. More Raiders too. Can you hear that noise in the background? That's the missus doing the vacuuming. I'll keep her going. She needs the exercise. Next week, the Legend Series. Another Raider, the great Clinton Shafosky. Shock, before you left... You moved into the top 10 all-time point scorers in the game that dates back to 1908. Did or does that mean something special? Yeah, you, when you're playing, you, you, everyone says it, you don't think about stats and Bullshit. stuff. yeah. I, I get that when you're playing, you don't look at it as much. I was a bit of a stats man, though. I did like mm. my stats. But once you, once you retire and, and people mention that, that's, that's super cool. Oh, I think it's awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. And we used to go and pitch to kids and when I first started in this job, I'd go with Steve and you talk and he'd say, oh, you go Google 
Clinton. He was yeah. the he was in the top. He's in the top ten point scorer. Yeah, so, I love yeah it. it gives you a bit of a warm feeling inside. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's that's yeah, something I'm yeah, pretty proud of actually. Otherwise, the sixteen-year-olds look at you and me now. Okay? They don't know who's they the don't... old fart. <laughs> when I started doing this job ten years ago, some of the younger ones sort of knew. Yeah, um, and all their mums and dads did. Yeah, but even now, ten years on, some of the mums and dads nearly oh, don't. No. They, they do, but it's not not far off. Yeah. So yeah. Told you before, our podcast episodes and interviews, they never date, none of them. It means you can listen to any episode at any time and it'll make sense. With that in mind, let's go back to a cracking Tyson Frizzell interview. I think this was early 2021. Round 1, 2019, St George Illawarra versus North Queensland in Townsville. Our guest copped one in the nuts and that's the nice way of putting it. Tyson Frizzell has lobbed. Mate, what the hell happened? Yeah, it wasn't a great start to the year, um, 2019. Uh, yeah, it was just chasing chasing through and um, mm. was trying to trying to catch a ball and make a tackle, but at the same time, um, I think it was Jordan Carr who caught the ball and, and ducked down straight away and I collected his knee coming on the way through and, um, yeah, you can say it, it dropped me it dropped me pretty quickly and uh, it took a took a while to recover at the time. I, you know, didn't really know how far um, or how how good it got me, and yeah. it wasn't until the next the next stop in play um, after they scored a try, I realised the pain wasn't going away. You get that sick feeling in your belly, and your bloke yeah. would know you get that 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 little belly ache, and uh, you can probably times that by ten, and just wasn't going away. Mm. So that night, or that during the game, went in the sheds and you know went straight to the hospital to get it checked out, and. I've said it, it, it sort of grew to a small orange and went straight wow. into surgery, went straight into surgery that night and, and got it all sorted out. Mate, um, are you okay now? Yeah, mate, I've, I've had, um, I've had a kid since then. So yeah, good. Um, I'm all sorted now. Everything looks, um, in tips off shape. So <laughs> there's no dramas, no dramas here, which is, oh, I'm pretty lucky. Um, you know, I just wear I wear protection now, um, yep. just for my own sake. I've said, you know, in the past, you know, players wear mouth guards because they've been knocked in the teeth. Well, you know, I've been knocked in the ball, so I wear a, I wear a cup now. Um, and yeah, I'm very lucky. I know some boys that um, have been have been knocked down there, or had their um, testicles ruptured, and yep. you know, complications do happen and. Um, you know, like I said, I'm very lucky um, to be able to, you know, say I've got a kid now and everything's all right. It's not a knee, it's not a wrist or a shoulder. I mean, it's a, a very different injury. And, and I guess at the time, there's a whole lot of things going through your head pertaining just to day to day life. You're lying there looking down and there's this bruising the size of an orange. And I mean, the first thing that, you know, would go through most blokes' mind would be, what the hell happens here and what does the future hold? Yeah, it is. Um, it's a very common thing to, to, to get knocked down there, but it's not very common to, to rupture it. Um, yep. So at that point in time, I, no one really knew. Not many of the staff yep. had been through um, an injury like that. And even when I came through recovery, it was sort of like, look, mate, I know this is a, a lot of a mental side kind of thing, getting yourself yep. right. Um, than the physical thing. So, yeah, you know, all, all these kind of thoughts like, oh, am I going to be fine? Am I going to be yeah. able to, you know, have kids and all these other, because yeah, it's a lot of unknown, like I said. And um, once I sat down and I uh, got it checked out again after surgery and spoke with the specialist, um, I think I just needed to hear that to be able to clear my mind. Yeah. And, and like I said, now I've got protection that, you know, I, I wear now. Uh, even to this day. So uh, once I I got used to that, that was probably the weirdest thing to hear to get comfortable with. I, but I bet. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's all sorted now. Once I got my head right, um, the physical side was fine. There's a first for Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Two mates sitting down, talking <laughs> balls. Tyson Frizzell, delighted that you've uh, made a full recovery and really appreciate an insight on a pretty personal topic. Thanks for the chat, legend. We will do it again soon. Anytime, mate. <laughs> 
hunterpromo.com.au for all your design and manufacturing. Any type of sporting uniform, speak to my man Carpy, hunterpromo.com.au. So what's next? Let's check the run sheet. Aha! It's time to sit back. We'll clear the lungs out and we're going to shout Clarky's Call. Every week we invite you to have your say on the podcast and we do so via Clarky's social media, Clarky's RL column. What's your call this week, buddy? G'day, Andy and listeners. This week we're going with C.O. Sifatalakai from the Sharks to continue to play his way into a New South Wales jersey. And before we get into the comments, Andy, can I just say I'm on a rich uh, runner form here because the NRL listened to last week's call and the rep round is back. Isn't, I was going to leave that to the very end of Clarky's call and pump up our tyres and put our chests out. But, yeah, the uh, the rep round back, uh, that is a beauty. Uh, just filling a bit of a void for mine. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we probably should have left it to the end, but, you know, got to get, to get that chest out yeah. and um, come in with a bit of confidence into the segment. Well, there you go. And, and I'm feeling better already. Uh, I'm going to hit you straight up with this from Matt Girabar on Facebook. Origin is a different beast. He, meaning Sifa, may find the pace challenging. Uh, there's a few of those. The thing I sort of go back to last year was Brian Toto was, um, the talk was he's too small, he won't be able to cope under the high ball, he'll be targeted. Well, I thought he was one of the Blues' best. And by the, by the sound of that, you can almost flip your mindset to think mm. of the positives as to why they could succeed as opposed to thinking of the negatives of why they couldn't. So I think it's all your mindset and how you really visualise these players on debut. Philip Collar says, defence usually wins origin. Any weakness will be exploited by the Cane Toads. What are his defensive stats like? Um, I see where Phil is coming from. Um, I think I think week-to-week stats can't be compared to origin stats because it is, in fact, that, that different beast and every player does play differently. A lot of, from what I've seen, mate, a lot of um, comments about, would he last the 80, which is a fair call because although he's, uh, Cephas played a lot of centre and centre this year, it's not a position he's played exclusively for 80 minutes for years. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question there because he's only actually been forced to make 81 tackles this year at 86.2% of tackle efficiency. So how much you read into that? For me, it's not a large enough sort of data pool there. And yep. I guess to, to follow on from that, Ron Cowdery, he asked a really good question. He says, at the expense of who? And I suppose I probably should have added some further context. Yeah. This would probably only occur if Latrell doesn't make it back for game one. And we're probably only talking a game one debut here with Latrell returning for games two and three. And let, let's be honest, at the moment, the centres are a, a, you know, a question mark. We don't know how Tom Travojevic is going to come back. Is Sifa number three on the list according to the comments? Is he the next one in line if Latrell or Tom... Don't make it. He, he sits as the fourth option. The uh, The most popular option that I could see through the comments was Stephen Crichton. And I actually don't disagree with that either because he can play left and right side. Mm. He's played in big games now with two grand finals. He stepped up in big moments in those games, such as the intercept pass. So I, I think Stephen Crichton's also a wonderful option. Much support for Katoni Staggs. There was some support for Katoni Staggs. This, uh, we've got Moovin Sharma here from Instagram. He says... Stags has to end this Talakai stuff. And by the time our listeners are listening to this podcast, we will know because they face off tonight and Thursday night footy who gets the better of each other. Um, there was a, a chat only a couple of weeks ago. Brad Fittler was talking about it and, and he had guys like Bradman Best in the conversation. That surely has gone cold. There, there hasn't been really any support from what I've seen in the comments regarding Bradman Best. No, the the three prominent, I guess, horses in this race, we can stay at Katoni Staggs, Sirius Ifitalakai, and probably Stephen Crichton. A good one here from Lockie Friday. He says, imagine him at the back row on the same edge as Latrell. Now, I don't mind this, but I think yeah. Cameron Murray is automatically locked into one edge. And for the other edge, that leaves Frizzell, Olukawatu, Kolomatungi, Sims, Josh Curran, Angus Crichton, and Talakai, and probably more, to be honest, all mm. in contention. I think the key takeaway is the Blues are absolutely blessed with depth at this time. Dally M, centre of the year, if he keeps that up. That's one of the comments from uh, Daniel Tulgada. 
I love it. I think uh, I think the debate is healthy. The debate is wonderful. There's been no disrespect to any player. Really good call, Clarkey. Do you actually see him wearing three or four at any stage this year? I think it all depends on the Latrell Mitchell injury. I hate to sort of fall on the fence and and sit, I guess, in the middle. But if Latrell's back for game one, I can't overlook him after his series last year. But if he's not available, my pick's CS for Talakai. Really good discussion, mate. Where can we find you? If you guys are interested in some more footy content and debate like we had today, uh, Clarkie's Rugby League column all across social media. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. You've fired up the barbie. You've stacked the esky. Who do you invite and why? This is Dinner Date, table for eight. And the head chef today, we've got Dragon Zach Lomax. How do you go on the Barbie, mate? What's your what's your go to? Are you a T-bone sausages onion type of guy or gourmet? Mate, I not that I'm a, I'm a good cook, but I, I love cooking. I yeah. always I try to cook as much as I can, and um, especially when when my family and that come down, I try and cook as much as I can. So I, I I've got a smoker at home, and I try to smoke yeah. my meats as much as I can, and um, I think. A smoke, a smoke brisket would be would be what I probably can do the best, only because that's the one that I've done the most. Yep. Um, but I, I love smoked meats. That would be my my all time favorite food. Would be if I could have anything, it would be a smoked meat platter with say brisket, smoked ribs, um, a smoked sort of uh, pork shoulder, whatever oh, it is. You've uh, won me. That would be that would be my go for sure. But. Um, I do do barbies most of the time. To be honest, I love pork chops. Um, they're just nice and easy. Yeah. Um, lamb chops. Do um. Yeah. So we have sausages all the time. We've got a mad butcher, Hasty's, Hasty's butcher in in Wollongong. Mate, right? they, they um. Yeah, they're they're my go-to butchers, and I love uh, that. Give them an enormous rat. Yeah. Now, mate, you've got eight seats at the outdoor table. You've got a fridge full of beer. Who are you inviting for the afternoon barbie? Right, number one, Paul Vaughan would be number one. He'd be the he'd be the head chef, and then so I've, I've gone probably a few celebrities here. Yeah, I'm going Conor McGregor. Oh yes, much. I'm going Denzel Washington, um, Will Smith, the actor, not the footballer, the actor. Yeah, um, I'm going Morgan Freeman. Oh yes, I'm going. Gordon Ramsay, he's, he's the GOAT. Yep. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and I'm going Nelson Mandela. There you go. Nelson yeah. Mandela with the sports stars and the movie stars, probably uh, more important than a lot of them put together, but that is quite the lineup. Paul Vaughan, Conor McGregor, Denzel Washington, Will Smith, Morgan Freeman, Gordon Ramsay, Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant and Nelson Mandela, and you said you're going to have Vaughny on the barbecue and not Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, me and Vaughny taking taking reins of the barbecue. You thinking what I'm thinking? You have a little chuckle there. Paul Vaughan on the barbecue. Barbecue gate. Gold. It's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League videos. You'll love it. 
horses than John Wayne and tough? Well, Chuck Norris calls him when he's in trouble. Jason Hetherington, Bulldog, Marone, Kangaroo and Storyteller. Yeah, the, the change, you know. And, you know, being away from home wasn't hard. I, I left home at 13 to go to boarding school. So I think that the different culture shocks, I, you know, I had a great mentor in Sydney that's been a family friend for, you know, 30 years, and Pat Jarvis, who, yep. you know, his nephew now is young... Rocky fighting, going very well, and still stay in touch with Pat today. And you know, he was a great mentor for me. He helped me get through it. He, I started off. I was there for four days, and our house got broken into. Had nothing left to come home to. Really? Yeah, nothing left. As soon as you moved to Sydney, yeah, four days. I was there. Everything was still in boxes. You're thinking, I want to get out. Hang on, I want to go go back to Rocky. (laughs) This ain't good. Anyway. Six months later, same thing. Cleaned out, bang. I went and saw Bullfrog. I said, God, I'm not sure if I like this, you know. He said, matey, matey, hang on, you know, matey. (laughs) And we sorted things out. And Anyway, they must must have liked what was in the house because they didn't like me car old VN wagon because the keys were still in her and they wouldn't take it. (laughs) (laughs) And all my CDs were on the floor, uh, on the ground. Shit tasting Waylon Jennings. Johnny Cash, Lee Kernigan. Yeah. All of the greats of both country and western. I love both styles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, they wouldn't take me car and they wouldn't take me new music, but they'd take what was in my house. (laughs) If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work... Maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. And this week's winner of the trucker's hat, Chuggalug Bertie. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you for the reviews and ratings to everyone, especially on Apple and Spotify. It really helps expand the brand to bring you more for free. If you haven't done it yet, do a mate a favour. When you're finished here, it takes 30 seconds. Give that five-star treatment if you're enjoying the podcast. Doesn't matter what you write as long as you do. I don't know. Uh, Tell us your favourite palmy topping as your review. That'll do. Just don't forget the five stars for us, legend. Uh, Take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game. Order a pizza. Grab a coldie. Go hard on a five-leg multi. And don't forget... As always, back pikey in the last. Mm-hmm.